symbolic. Like, you know, somebody who believes something strongly and they have a passion for what they believe. Sometimes they speak with such a fervor. A person will say, oh, you're preaching now, you know, or preacher, you know, encouraging. But preaching is generally reserved for the declaration and declaring of the word of God. If that real word really means to declare and declare often truth and declare with a fervor and a zeal that has the influence of a spirit behind it. So there's a fervor and a zeal to which a person There are certain types of mental illness that are characterized by preaching. Not preaching the word, but there are certain mental illnesses that, that part of the symptomatology is that a person can go long, on and on and on, on a specific subject without stopping. And they have a zeal and a fervor about it. Sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. There's also a false that accompanies certain where people will take off in a language that's unknown to anybody. You got me? So preaching, I'm just saying that to tell you, can be counterfeited. Amen? And we all know religious spirits can counterfeit genuine spirit preaching, and often it does. Now, you can go and hear a good talk or a good sermon. A person goes on and on, and they can even expound some on the word. But you're left with not a lot of life, motive, stirring up, or anything. Your head just heard something interesting. And that person kind of went on and on about it. And you find, well, you know, that really didn't. I mean, it was okay while it was there, but some of it was off. And some of it, you know. So preaching is something that can be imitated by another spirit. And it can be done in such a way that the words are convincing and forceful enough to compel people to change if they add to it repetition. So, for instance, Tony Robbins and all those tapes he sells. Now people are selling the self-improvement tapes. And so people are listening to them 24-7. I wish I could get Christians to listen to the word like that. I mean, a little bit of word we put in takes us so far, we like to cheat. And just hear a little bit and see, well, I guess I run out of gas, I go back to church. Huh? You know, it, it takes you a long way. John C. 3.16 took us till we got the next scripture, didn't it? I mean, some of us ain't got John 3.16 down pat yet, but we working on it. Huh? For real. So a little bit of the word goes a long way. You know, I mean, you you can kind of cheat on it. You can skate. I mean, not intentionally, but sometimes, you know, you feel so full when the word is delivered to you. You think, man, I got it. This is all there is. You know, I'm satisfied. I'm not hungry anymore. And so until we run out of steam, you know, you go to to pay that bill and you panic because, you know, oh, what a wretch am I. You got to go back and get some more at the filling station. But preaching is, by definition, a declaration through a human vessel 
of the truth of God's word. Always leads people to God. Legitimate preaching does. Then prophecy is defined as a message from God. Forgot to tell you, preaching does include a message. It always has a message in there. Our message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It never changes. But prophecy may be defined as a message from God given through man by a specific unction of the Spirit. Whereas preaching can come in a an unction that informs and teaches and it doesn't necessarily it's more of an information informational type of an unction. So you can be having a kind of a casual conversation with someone and it wind up being preaching because it flows so easily out of you. It it kind of is incorporated into your life in such a way. You know, the Bible says that the word gets grafted into us. And so your testimony then gets grafted into you and it becomes a part of who you are in such a way that it can flow out of your normal conversation. You know, you can talk to somebody and, and you know, you can just be sharing information and you can flow from, from, you know, a casual conversation right over into the specifics of what God did for you and how you're different now and all of that. So that, that information and that story is embedded in you. It's a part of you. So the unction that comes kind of flows out of you almost like normal conversation. Prophecy, though, is different. It has a specific unction to it. It is spoken by the spirit of prophecy. So when prophecy comes, it's an interruption of the normal flow of your conversation, not a continuation of it. So prophecy will interrupt the normal flow and will oftentimes contain elements of information that are foreign to you or new to you. So prophecy comes with something new often, interjects something new into the conversation or into the, the message because the unction shifts from preaching over into the spirit of prophecy. And it differs from preaching and teaching in that the message may be very brief, direct, and to the point. Prophecy often comes as uh, when it interrupts the normal flow of preaching it always seems to me like a news bulletin. You know, like when you are watching the news on your TV and then something comes in that's more important than what they're talking about. And that's, that's what prophecy is. It's the news bulletin that comes to interrupt the normal flow of your speaking. And it is God telling you to move out of the way because he has something else he wants to say to this individual or to, to this company of individuals there. 
And if we understand and we're able to move ourselves out of the way and put our notes down and put our important speech down, so forth and so on, and obey the unction, then we will prophesy. It's an unction that must be obeyed. Prophecy, <clears throat> oftentimes, in, in, in this is pretty much across the board. I don't know of many prophecies that don't have one of the revelation gifts in operation in it, either word of knowledge or word of wisdom. Word of knowledge is supernatural knowledge that comes to us from God. It's something you can only have gotten from God. Oftentimes you didn't know it before or you didn't know it to that extent or you didn't know it in relation to what you're talking about or who you're talking to now. So it comes as news in that respect. And it's the revealed mind of God for that situation. Now, if you if you want me to to tell you what I think is more valuable, I'll tell you prophecy any day. Because it is God speaking to you in a revealed fashion where we we have the knowledge that we've been sharing up to that point has been revealed. But it's it's more of a common knowledge. It's more of an acceptable knowledge. This is a current word spoken by God to that situation for the now. And for that reason, I think prophecy should interrupt things. I think prophecy should come first. I mean real prophecy. I ain't talking about these people going, want to tell you what to do. But, but real understanding of God wanting to speak a specific something. It's like this. If I'm, I'm teaching this, this message on what is prophecy and God wants to tell Avis something, then I'll stop this because this I put down. I understand this. I can go back to it. But him I don't go back to. I shut up and let him talk. You got me? That's the big difference there. And I believe that we should seek to prophesy simply because the information that that you can get by God speaking something specific to you because he sees value and worth in you and he's concerned about you. I think that's much more valuable and I can pick this up and continue with this by a different unction of the spirit because it's an understanding that I have of what God gives me. And it can, you know, a sermon you can pick up and preach anytime, preach it different ways, preach it over and over again. But prophecy, that can't suppose you you got something important in your life happening and you need to know what to do about it. That's what that is. It's God saying, now that you got this person's attention, let me tell them exactly what they need to know. That's the difference. That's why it's so important <clears throat> that we prepare ourselves not to want to get attention because we can talk for God. But we want to prepare ourselves to help people in a specific way, have specific instruction that comes directly to them from heaven, from the throne room of God. The, what was it, last year, the year of prophetic people, or year before? And remember that we were, we, God gave us that message in that week uh, Britt Hume showed up on Fox News and had a message for Tiger Wood. 
And we began to say this is the year of prophetic people because God will put a word in your mouth and it'll be specifics for somebody. It'll turn the, that person's life upside down. At the, that word's still bugging Tiger Wood. Trust me, honey. Now, many people have told him he should serve the Lord. Many people told him, I'm sure. Listen, we got preachers in every family, child. Listen, and aunt, somebody's a preacher. Uncle, Uncle Buck, oh, don't go over Uncle Buck's house with the bottle. Don't take no liquor over there because, you know, he'll preach. Huh? We all got one in the family somewhere hiding. Huh? If they're not revealed, they're, they're going to be revealed one day soon. So it's, you can't tell me nobody in his family's ever told him about the Lord over and over and over again. But when it comes with that unction, that word will follow you make you crazy until you because it's God talking to you with a specific message for you at this time in your life see if there's an opening in your life for that word God knows when it is where it's going to happen how it's going to happen and he positions an obedient servant to speak into your life when that opening is there huh so it's timing. It's understanding of who God is. understanding who you are. Amen. You know, Britt Hume's a Christian first. Yeah. That's right. Amen. He knows that. Amen. So God's got to have somebody who knows who they are. Yeah. Not ashamed of who they are. Yeah. Don't care if the fox fires you. You can fire me if you want to. I'm going to say this. Yeah. Huh? This is who I am. This is what I do. And so when that opportunity and that arena comes... Then God will put a word in a faithful servant's mouth so that they can speak by unction of the spirit. And so that's the purpose of prophecy. Sometimes prophecy can come. You don't even have to be preaching or speaking. God can tell you to go over to so-and-so's house and you just be over there. And all of a sudden the unction will come upon you with a message from God. And you don't have to stand up on, you know, their dining room chair and say, thus saith the Lord, look like the Statue of Liberty. Huh? You know, sometimes people know it's God, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just talk. Sandy Brown says she got saved. A lady, she was at a woman's house and she was depressed and suicidal. And she said another, the neighbor came over and knocked on the door and looked at Sandy and looked at the, the neighbor and told the neighbor, can I have a cup of sugar? And she looked at Sandy and says, honey, I don't know what's wrong with you, but Jesus Christ is your answer. Amen. And shot out of the door. Amen. And that word haunted Sandy until she kept probing and seeking. Amen. Found the Lord. Amen. One word spoken by the proper unction through an obedient servant. And she said later, years later, she met the woman again. The woman said, you know, I have been praying. She said, and I told the Lord, please use me, God. If there's somebody who needs to know you, God, just use me. Let me let me be used by you. And that's how it happened. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't TV. It wasn't any of that stuff. But it was God. See, that's, that's what you want it to be. You want it to be God. And so that unction carries with it a certain type of anointing carries with it a certain type of power it's different than normal conversation the bible says the voice of god shakes the earth that word will shake you up it'll rearrange things in your life and set them back down 
in the proper order. Word of God can do that. So that's why it has to be specific unction in the proper unction. So it contains one or more of the revelation gifts, usually word of wisdom, word of knowledge, but also discerning of spirits can be used here. There's got to be revelation in what comes forth. But generally, those two are the most common. Prophecy differs from preaching also in that the unction or urging of the Holy Spirit upon the person is much stronger. In Amos 3.8, let me see if I kept my place there and I'll read it to you. No, of course I didn't keep it. <laughs> Amos 3, I'm not even in the right ballpark. Amos 3, 8 says, uh, says, <laughs> <clears throat> three eight at the end he says for the Lord hath spoken it or the Lord has spoken who can help but prophesy I don't think that's Amos three eight. that's another one oh yeah like I said I'm in Joel how'd I get Joel to Amos all their next door neighbors now the lion hath roared who will not fear the Lord has spoken who can but prophesy. So when the <clears throat> the unction of prophesy comes over you, it comes as something that cannot be contained. Amen. Bible re- describes it as fire shut up in my bones. It's one way to describe it. Some of the prophets that that oftentimes when prophecy does come to a, a vessel, it will cause a disturbance in the vessel. The voice of God will shake. We're we're earthen vessels. So the Bible says, once more I will shake heaven and earth. And so when that vessel senses the voice of God, there is a trembling there. You know, we're clay. We can't hold it. can't be contained. The other thing is that sometimes an unction, the unction will have different impressions on people. Sometimes it will feel like a bubbling in your spirit. You know, I I used to call it like like soda water in your spirit. You know, like you drink a soda water and you feel a little woo, mm-hmm. spiritual gas. <laughs> so and sometimes, you know, people will react by holding on to their stomach. They feel like a little bloat there or something like that if they feel that unction. There are prophets that the word comes to them like that all the time. They're called Nabi, the word N-A-B-I. Nabi means to bubble. And so that's a sign to them that God's speaking to them. There's got to be a way to let the vessel know that it's a prophecy because they need to cooperate with that. So you need to notice these things. As a believer, you pay attention to what it feels like when God speaks to you, pay attention to what it feels like. Say when you're praying, there are times you get an unction to clap or an unction to shout or an unction to you pay attention to those things. And if you feel that, you express it 
And then you'll get to understand that there are certain operations of the spirit that need that expression of a human being into it. When you use authority, you're very firm. You know, I know we read our prayers, but if you really look at what you're saying when it says declare it, you don't read declare it. You declare it. You know, you say it firmly. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I know we go both ways. If you've been guilty, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) You got me? So some things need to be said with a definitive attitude there. So there's no wishy-washy in the spirit. You don't want the devil to think you don't believe what you're saying. You know, so it has to be declared, that kind of thing. And so these are different. And when you think about it, it's the Holy Spirit talking through you. So why wouldn't he have different emotions about things, different attitudes about it, different expressions about it, that sort of thing. So you're really, when you pray, you get a little more animated and allow the spirit to take over more. And speak through you and pray through you and get the job done. It's it's kind of boring to just pray in a monotone all the time, you know, even though if you're speaking the words and get it done. But there is a response of the Holy Spirit to what's being said. And there's an attitude because when you think about it, you actually are addressing spiritual forces. And so you have to do it with some enthusiasm and some meaning so that they know that you're engaged lively in a lively way engaged in your prayer so that that's very important to understand so the unction or urging of the holy spirit on the person is much stronger when the prophecy comes sometimes young prophets will feel like they just got to burst and tell it you know um and sometimes prophets in normal life will burst out on you like that you know they'll see stuff for a long time it's like a, oh, why don't you take care of that you know it's time you got me because God's been watching it for a long time you got me it's, you know just some stuff needs to get done you gonna do it like my dad used to say the pooper get off the pot you know let's get some if you go and go if you ain't move <laughs> Next, <laughs> you know, it seats important here. <laughs> Potty training is very important. Amen. So uh, you know what I'm saying, so <laughs> so to speak. But it's it's important to know that that words of God and unctions of God have a certain impact in the spirit. Amen. They have to. Some things need to be moved to the head of the line, and some things can wait. And so prophecy kind of moves your stuff to the head of the line. God says, okay, this is, this is what I'm feeling for you right now. Take care of this. It's very important. Because other than that, you'll think everything takes forever. You think everything is, is years and years and, yeah, we can wait on that. I'm not doing anything. I, you know, I'm 30, 40, 50's coming, 60 around the corner. The rest we ain't talking about. Stop it. so prophecy is directed at the person or persons to whom it's spoken and the purpose is edification exhortation and comfort we had this in the last book but it's worth repeating because you as a prophetic person who will prophesy you need to know that prophecy will either edify that means build somebody up 
exhort them, which means to stir them up and move them to do something. Now, that's when you get in a fight with people. Because I'll be honest with you, people want what God has for them, but they don't want to move to get it. And so when you start exhorting people, you know, why don't you stop this and do that? Because you've done this long enough. It's time. You know, time's a wasting and you need to move on now because we're done here and it's time. So that's exhortation. Exhortation also helps a person who has veered off track. People get discouraged. I've been praying a long time. Trouble. So the reason you need a prophetic unction on an exhortation is because if it's advice, they'll fight you. You got me? Because we can both say the same thing to a person. And if the unction on it isn't God's unction to make that word alive and real so that it will move them and help them, all you've done is given them one more piece of advice they can hang over here and ignore it. Because everybody's got some advice for somebody, you know. And so I think, though, the longer you walk with God, the less advice you have and the more prayer and the more because the more you really move in the spirit, you have more confidence in that. And you're not trying to sell yourself so much to people all the time. That's what advice givers do. You know, people pay for advice. I mean, they they the people who give it, you know, kind of hide it under a Ph.D. or, you know, a degree. But it's all advice. Some of it's more educated than others, but it's advice. Now you can believe that if you want to. I ain't got time to wait on y'all. Oh, what's she talking about? Your doctor gives you advice. You don't have to follow it. You can take that prescription and not take it to the pharmacy. So he just charged you a big buck and gave you some advice and told you, this is what I can do for you. But you're going to have to follow up on it. You're going to have to take the pills. Hello? You're going to have to submit to the surgery. It's up to you to cooperate. So in that sense, it's advice. Most people get out and if they can get away with and go take that prescription money, go buy some shoes, they'll skip them pills. So don't tell me it ain't just advice because that's exactly what it is. You can try to make it more than that if you want to, but that's what it is. Or you, them doctors don't know what they talking about. I'm going to go get on, I'm going to go to the bonus room. I'm going to get in the word. (laughs) Prophecy can also be used as a weapon of warfare. Did we cover exhortation and comfort? Comfort. Prophecy and comforting can often answer questions that the person has and alleviate turmoil inside of them. It settles things. Even if it's bad news, there's a settling there. Or negative news or maybe news of a negative outcome. You know, say... Granny, who's 93 years old, is not going to come home from the hospital this time. You got me? But if God gives it to you by unction, there's a peace and a settling there. You know, you accept it and, you know, okay, we don't 
pray for her to hang on any longer. God said, you know, this is, he's ready to take her home, whatever, whatever. And so there's a comfort there and a settling there. There's after God speaks, there's no more argument. Now, people can disbelieve it and people can talk back to you, but it's settled. Huh? After that, they're just talking in vain and eventually God will wear them down. Trust me. He's God. Now, you can disagree. You can argue all you want to. But once that unction comes forth, you know, it's like. Boom. You got me. Thank you. You're very kind. You you know what I'm saying? You pinned, honey. It's it's a definitive word because God is not there to entertain you, giving you suggestions and you argue back with him. He's God. And when he steps into your life with an answer, that is the answer. And there is no other answer. Now, you can dislike it if you want to, but that is the answer. Huh? Prophecy can be used as a weapon of warfare, especially if the person receiving the prophecy prays in line with that prophecy. Joyce Meyer, when she knew she was called to the ministry, God had told her, and she had to use what God had spoken to her to fight a lot of people that told her she was not supposed to be a minister. You got me? She didn't argue with them, tell them off, you know, go blow up their property or anything. She just would hear what they said and not receive it. Based on what she had on the inside of her from God. It just pushed it right out. People who continually get mad with people because they don't recognize them. Something screwy somewhere. See, you haven't heard from God. Because once you get that word and you embrace it, nobody can tell you. You just go straight on with what that word gives you and you keep going with that. Same thing you do any other words you get from God. God tells you you're healed. And they keep finding stuff and finding stuff and finding stuff. You just keep going straight on with that word. My thought is this. You'd have a lot less trouble if you keep going, quit going to folks and they quit. They can't find nothing until you show up. Now, if you really believe God, stay home. I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road. You know, people don't like this. They like, uh, well, you know, I'm just going to get it confirmed. The word is your confirmation. Amen. When have you ever needed man to confirm anything God tells you? God confirms his own word with signs following. You're healed. You don't need nothing else. My goodness. People got all kind of squirrely religious ways of twisting stuff up to try to make it sound. You know, Eve tried that nonsense. And God locked out of the best place she ever lived. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Trying to twist it up and make it what it wasn't and all that. Kind of, you don't do that. Amen. You know, if you're wrong, you're wrong. Get right. Huh? Get right. Or get under the knife, one of the two. But stop <laughs> the foolishness. So if you pray in line with the prophecy, thank you, Jesus, that I am a... Whatever. I'm a child of God. You know, first get it straight that you're saved. This is what people mess up. 
they want to be a minister and all this kind of stuff before they really know if they saved or not. I should write a book. You know you're saved if. You don't wind up on cops like the rest of your relatives. You don't have a subpoena sticking in your door anymore. Huh? You don't care if they take you out, they speed dial. Yeah, you know you're saved if. But many times people are trying to use a call of God to validate salvation. Or validate their importance to God. God saved you and you don't have to preach one time. Did you know that? Just work out your salvation in your little corner. Just make sure you accept that you're saved. Uh, He wants you first and then after you're straightened out, you can do some works. It's like he told Peter, he said, when you're converted, you strengthen your brother. But you don't got nothing right in your shape right now. You ain't got nothing to help nobody with. So a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, y'all. We try to set the world on fire and we ain't even sparking yet. <laughs> Got to go back to Boy Scout 101 and learn how to rub two sticks together. <laughs> you know, it's the truth. So, prophecy, when it contains the gift of the word of wisdom, has an element of for telling, telling the future, telling about future events, telling about plans. Word of wisdom, <clears throat> oftentimes if I prophesy to somebody, especially if they call to the ministry, I'll see something in them and it's so easy for me to tell them about it. See, It comes out like common knowledge to me and it's... Ooh, this is obvious. Where it may not be obvious to anybody else or to that individual, to the one who sees it, it's obvious to them. And that's the word of wisdom. You just tapped into a part of God's mind that's blowing yours. But you better stay in there and tell everything you see. Because if you get out of that and you lose it, you're going to look stupid and you're going to mess them up. So this is how the word of wisdom operates. You've just tapped into a piece of God's mind that sees that person the way he created them. He sees their future. He sees everything. It was like I would I I would tell people, I said, when I get a prophecy, it's like somebody opened up a book. That's like like when you're a grown up, it's like see Jane run. It's that easy to read and understand. And you read it and you don't stumble and you read and read and read and you try to keep reading more and somebody moves it away and it's like your glasses can't pick it up anymore. You got me? So and then you prophesy according to the proportion of faith. So when I see the page move away and I can't read it anymore, I stop. Instead of trying to look at them and see if it makes sense to them and add something. It's cheating. You don't see nothing, don't say nothing. Just shut up. This is true. And so when, when prophecy comes, though, it has all these elements to it, so you can know for sure if it's coming from God. Number one, it has to line up with his word. Number one, on top of number one, you've got to know the word in order to get a prophecy from God. <laughs> 
That's why when they have prophets in these little prophecy schools and stuff, they tell you, oh, you just got to read the word, the word, the word, the word. Well, if you don't really have a hunger for that, you really think that person's going to read it? And if they read a lot of the word, is that going to make them a prophet? I'd rather leave somebody alone and try to start trying to make them something. You know, you know what you are. Huh? If you... If you swing from the chandeliers and your arms are longer than your legs and you eat a lot of bananas, what do you think? Huh? You know, people know what they are. And so you can't really stuff them in a box and try to make them something else, no matter how much it appeals to their flesh. It just won't happen. So, <clears throat> the word of wisdom can be defined as any message from God that gives a portion of God's mind. It tells a believer how to apply knowledge in order to prepare him for events to come. This gets you set up for walking into your future. God wants you to be successful. That's why he gives you all this preparation and all this help. So there's lots of help. In the gifts of the Spirit, there's lots of help for people, folks. I wish we relied on them more. Often we think a prophecy is only dealing with the future. And it's not true. Fortune telling only deals with the future. Prophecy can deal with past, present, future. Doesn't have to include future. It can be whatever message God wants to get across to people at the time. Much of what we call prophecy is merely speculation when it comes to predicting the future. Much of this type of religious exercise is generated by fear of the future and man's vain attempts to predict the day and the hour of Jesus' second coming. True prophets respect the scripture when it says, no man knows the day or the hour <coughs> that the Father has placed in his hand. So the scriptures cannot be broken. So what then is the place of prophecy in the New Testament church? So we go on in the succeeding chapters to talk about, further clarify edification, exhortation, and comfort. But you need to know that when you, the purpose of prophecy and the purpose that God would give you a message for someone is to bring a now understanding to answer a specific issue or a specific problem in their life or to prepare them for something specific. So the word of God can prepare us in a general fashion. Prophecy prepares us in a specific fashion. Like, we all know it's going to be a wow year. Anybody ever predicted a down year at the beginning of the year? We all know it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be grand. But specifically, <laughs> what is God, you know, what is he looking to do? What's he going to do? What's he expect from us so that you can stay on course with what God wants the church to be involved in at this time? So Now, listen, I was going to help you to understand how unctions change, and I noticed something in this song when when it was being played. So can you keep my mic on and keep that kind of like down in the background a little bit, and I'll show you how <clears throat> the prophetic unction comes in, especially in the realm of singing. And uh, Yeah, back up a little bit. Can you do that? Before he gets to that part of it.
Okay, now this is the end of the, the ministry of the, the song. Now the ministry of the Holy Spirit is supposed to start. Okay, cut that off there. Now, when he said, having you, in that tone that started there, should have started prophecy. Where it would start with God speaking and not us continuing to talk to him. Keep it going and see what happens here. Okay, now, what I call that minstrel filler. Because what he's doing, instead of waiting for an unction and being confident in the unction to speak for God, as God would speak, he's talking to God more. And he's trying to get something out of the people by, you got me? Now, I'm not... I'm not saying anything to put him down because this is what they do in the absence of a prophet, in the absence of the prophet's office. You got me? So really what the prophet would do would be to instruct him to stay with that first flow and say, go back and listen for God to tell you what he wants to say to us. You've talked to him long enough. We thanked him for the promises, like all through the song. Nothing wrong with it, except he wants to talk to us now. And I want to hear what God has to say, and I don't want to hear him going on and on with minstrel filler. Okay, you can put it back on again. So time it and see how much minstrel filler we get. Here he gets another opportunity to let God talk. He's talking again. We know that. You got me? I mean, this is what I feel inside because I know what God wants to say. So they quote some scripture. Instead of letting God speak what he wants to speak to the people. Hey, we run out of stuff to do. Let's worship him. Okay, you turn it off. Now, I didn't do that to make fun of anything, but it bores me to tears, you know, knowing that God, there's an unction there that gets cut off because. And there are a lot of becauses. One's lack of knowledge, lack of understanding, lack of impartation. You know, most singers, when they get around prophets, they're too nervous. They, you know, keep playing, keep playing so you won't come up there and tell them, go this way instead of that kind of thing. So, you know, what we do in our meetings is unique. 
I mean, there's a lot, not a lot of people that just do that. And, amen. And can get a, a minstrel who is humble enough to just go the flow and trust that God will be there and meet them with the real message so that the people will be, be edified and encouraged. So, all right, so don't get mad at Keith. We love Keith, but there's a lot of minstrel filler in that where it could be. And you'll hear that in, in many songs where the, the minstrel or the, the musician has the freedom. It's all it takes is freedom for them to get to the door of the prophecy. But then they need an unction to get in, and they don't have it, and they turn around and come back again. And then we have to pay $15 for <laughs> whatever. Okay, you ready to take your quiz? We'll take our...